Good morning, everyone. Uh, it is so good to see all of your faces on this extremely special day. Um, and what a beautiful day it is to get together to remember and celebrate Jesus and his work that he has accomplished in our lives. Um, for the times in which we have had to worship together as a worshiping community called Renew. Um, and as we began to dream up this day uh, back in the summertime, I kept thinking about uh, the epistle that Peter writes to the scattered church. And he writes and he talks about, uh, he just says to the scattered church, and he starts to name all these different places. And what's interesting is, is I've been thinking a lot about how Peter must have felt to write a letter to a community that was together at one point in time, uh, that witnessed baptisms, that witnessed births and deaths together, that they were present to God and each other during the hard stuff and during the, the celebratory times. Um, and to think about Peter's just heart as he's writing that letter and as we were thinking about this day just really helped me connect with this. Hopefully the vision of our day is just really simple. And as Elaine said walking in, just feels like our worship today is going to be magnificent. And, and, and I just think that that's kind of our goal. We have a chance to gather. We have a chance to worship. We have a chance to connect, uh, to hear stories, to encourage one another. And most importantly, we're here to worship the name of Jesus. And so we also have a chance this morning, we're going to come to the table um, as a gathered community to receive the grace and mercy of Jesus. And I, I just think about Jesus at the end of, um, right before the Last Supper, he says, I, I've, I've longed to have this meal, and I won't have another meal like this again. And even in that, to think that we have a chance to celebrate the Lord's table together as a worshiping community again. It just feels good, right? And so I think if Peter would have had the opportunity to gather the scattered church again, I think it would look a lot like this. And I think he would begin by just saying thank you, which I want to say thank you for the big ways and the small ways that you all have trusted and followed Jesus. Thank you for investing in the community called Renew. Uh, thanks for joining us today for this beautiful expression to worship the Lord. Um, and just a note, if you're new with us today, uh, you have walked into a 15-year celebration. And so, disclaimer, Church doesn't normally look like this, and this isn't a typical Sunday, but even though it's not a typical Sunday, I think you'll catch a lot about the heart of who we are by the stories we tell and the ways that we celebrate. So I want to invite you to stand for the call to worship. Well, uh, <clears throat> I can't describe to you uh, how meaningful it is for my family and I to be here in this space and with you all this morning. Um, I'm very grateful for uh, my boss at our church who recognized how special of an opportunity this was and freed me up to be here. This is actually my third week away from our church, so uh, hopefully I have a job when I get back there. Uh, I think I will. Uh, but Renew captured my heart 15 years ago. And uh, a piece of my heart will always be here at Renew. And I think we're all here this morning because at one point or another, Renew has captured your hearts as well. And so uh, this morning, I invite you and I call you to worship the God who captures hearts 
in beloved community. So we're going to do that this morning through a responsive reading, and I will read, uh, well, I guess in this case it's the, the black print, and then you guys read and respond with the, the green, and we'll do this together. We come to this place as a people reminded that the church is not a building, institution, or place. It is the beautiful family of God who love and proclaim Jesus as Lord. We come to this place to celebrate the ways in which God has formed us by the power of his spirit through the gift of community. We recognize that community is necessary. I love that. It's necessary for growth into the image of Christ. We come as a people who swim in the big stream of tradition. Our story started thousands of years before Renew and will find its fulfillment in the return of Christ. We gather to worship and praise our God. And let's lift our voices and sing the doxology together. joy it is to see so many faces here. Well, Doug has asked me if I would just briefly give the history of Renew. And I was telling Beth this morning, there are some that will hear everything I say maybe for the first time. Some here might know about half of it or majority of it. But I don't think there's anybody here that will have known or heard everything about the history of Renew. This was really fun for me to put this together. But in the summer of 2008, Megan and I, along with Carter, who was one at the time, launched out to start a church. 
And the truth is we had no money, we had no sending church, we had no church planting grant, we had no love offerings from any other congregations. We didn't even have a name for our church. We didn't have a building. We didn't have a leadership team. All we had was a call that we knew we were supposed to do this. And it was the scariest thing we had ever done. We simply stepped out trusting that God would do something big. We sold our big house in Percocet that we loved and we moved into a rental house in Lansdale to pursue this crazy vision of trying to provide a safe and fertile place for hungry and hurting people who were intrigued by the hope and the life of Jesus. And our tagline was, a community for skeptics and dreamers. As we tried to think about a location, uh, there were four different locations we prayed through, wondering where we would plant. The first one, we actually thought we might be in the city of Philadelphia. And we went down and met with a church planner named Steve Huber, and he said, I affirm God's call in your life to plant, but you're already on the northern reaches of the area. Maybe there's something in the Bucksmont area where you're already planted as relationships that that might be best. We thought that was pretty wise. So we began to think through different locations. We actually prayer walked and talked with others in Ambler, in Doylestown, and in Lansdale. And we decided and discerned together as we prayer walked that Lansdale was the place where we sensed the most openness for a community of leaders who were trying to be church and do church in a different kind of way. There was more diversity in Lansdale that we didn't find in Ambler or Doylestown. And even though there were 17 other churches in and around the borough of Lansdale, we felt strongly that Lansdale did not need another church. We believe that Lansdale needed fresh expressions and fresh extensions of the kingdom of God, and if that turned into a church, so be it. But if we were going to connect with people who were far from God, that no one else was reaching, we had to do things that no one else was doing. Over those three months, over the summer, we met with people, many who are here in this room today, who are interested in the vision. And we found that after all of these meetings and coffees and vision casting group meetings in our home, that 40 adults and 16 children would be a part of our initial core launch team. And it's good to see so many of you here from that original launch team as well. Our first launch team meeting was in August of 2008 at the corner of Broad Street and Main Street in what is now White Jasmine Thai Restaurant. We met in there. Our core team met in Stony Creek Park. We also met in people's homes and at a bar, some of you may remember, by the train station that's no longer around called Third and Walnut. And most of our vision team meetings, however, were right here in the Boys and Girls Club. Actually, we were in the tutoring room right over here. Many of you remember that. Here's a picture up on the screen. I believe this is the first picture of our church ever. <laughs> And the great thing, and some of you who are a part of that remember this, uh, we, we sat on these little squatty chairs. You all remember this? <laughs> In fact, this might be a little bit bigger than normal. Some of them were so low, we were like eating our knees. You remember that. But these squatty chairs, every time I walk by these squatty chairs, I have just such a fondness in my heart as I think about what happened right over there in that tutoring room. We had approached the Boys and Girls Club to ask for access to meet, 
It's hard to know where to fit 56 people. There aren't many homes where everyone can meet. They were quite skeptical at first. They were worried about safety and legal issues. And the only reason we were allowed to meet in the Boys and Girls Club is because Dwayne Freed served on the board of directors. In fact, they were so skeptical, they gave Dwayne the key and they said, you and you only are the only ones to allow, allowed to have the key. Some of you have seen this through the years, right? The lanyard. But he was the only one. He was the only one allowed to unlock and then lock the door at the end. We had to submit a list of names of adults and kids to the Boys and Girls Club as to who was coming in and out of their building off hours. In fact, uh, if Dwayne wasn't here, we were not allowed to meet here in the tutoring room. It's a good thing, uh, seeing that Dwayne and Ange now live in Indiana, so. But we could only meet in the tutoring room. We were not allowed to meet in any other room. We could use the bathrooms in the tutoring room. That was it. But we grew very fond of these squatty chairs. And that whiteboard that's still in there had a lot of vision, a lot of structure, a lot of ideas that still remain in our church today. We had the conviction that we want to be known more for our sending capacity than our seating capacity. And it was in that meeting, as we talked about structure and what that would look like, that Tracy Commons, who you just heard from, he suggested that we meet every other week in our gatherings, and then the opposite weeks, we would meet in smaller micro-communities that we decided to call house churches. And in a spirit of experimentation, that team, if I remember right, smiled and nodded and looked at each other and said, let's try it, and let's see if God shows up. And if it doesn't work, we'll change it, but let's see. And it was the early seeds of what would be known as the Renew Community. Now, most people, I don't believe, know the story of how we got our name, the Renew Community, but it was a complete accident. Around the time we were brainstorming the name of the church, I had thought through two particular names I liked, the gate and the table. Think how different it would be. Where do you go to church? I go to the table. But shortly thereafter, as we were brainstorming names, I, uh, I came across a new friend of mine who was church planting in Philadelphia proper. And he sent me his church planting prospectus. When you plant a church, you give a packet. Here's our vision. Here's our budget. Here's what we envision happening. He handed me his prospectus. And across the top of it, in all bold capped letters, it said, Renew Community. And I said, that's an amazing name that he's going to be naming his church. That's incredible. I was so excited, thinking maybe we can name our church that name too. And I thought, I'm not sure that's really strategic or smart. It might be confusing to have two churches named Renew Community launching at the same time in the greater Philadelphia area. I just couldn't shake the name, though. I couldn't shake it. I love the theology of the name The Renew Community. Some people say it's grammatically incorrect. I say, I know, but I like it. Because in the past, we have been renewed by God. Romans 12 says we are in the process of having our minds renewed. But we also join in with God in the future for the renewal of all things. Past, present, future. And I thought this is going to be fantastic. But I thought I, I don't know if I can do this. Even though the Renew Community is a great name. I worked up my courage and I called Jared. And I said, Jared, would it be okay if we decide to name our church the Renew Community? Now, if you have a problem with that, or if that's confusing, 
I trust you, and I will look and pray through and find another name. There was a lot of silence on the other end of the phone. He was really caught off guard, and then he laughed. He said, that's not the name of our church. And I said, what, it, renew community? He said, no, no, I meant that as a verb. I want our church plant to renew the community in which we're in. He said, I never thought about it as a name, but as I think about it now, that's a great name. Go for it. I would be honored if that was the name of your church. So by accident, we were called the Renew Community. God's perfect timing at work. Before we launched our first gathering, we met in these house churches in the fall of 2008, which were scattered all over the region and met different nights of the week, not Sunday morning. We met that way for nine months while our core team met Sunday mornings in the tutoring room. Our core team, when we met together, we would pray. We would hear each other's stories. We would worship. We would think and dream and pray about ways we could serve the community in the name of Jesus. And in those early years of house churches, there was a house church that met in Eagleville, hosted by Doug's parents, Doug and Peggy Moister. And there was a young kid in Doug's youth group who was attending college at the time in Southern California. And he was smitten by a young woman who was attending Renew along with her parents. And he was so committed to Renew that he would join us for house churches online via Skype, which was 10 a.m. East Coast and 7 a.m. West Coast time. Now, I don't know about you, I have not met a college student who is more committed to church than getting up at 7 a.m. and actually watching church from Skype from his living room in California. And that college student's name, of course, was Joel Limbowen. Now, by the way, yeah, yeah. And by the way, show of hands, how many of you have either hosted a house church at your home or you have been house church shepherds? How cool is that? On the first public gathering, which was several months later, it was held Sunday morning, April 19th, 2009, the week after Easter at Margine Catering. Anybody remember Margine's? Yeah. Anybody there on that first Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. It was on the quarter, corner of Broad and Hancock Street, diagonal to where Manhattan Bagel is today. We met there every other week in the first few years of our existence. We had communion just once a month. First of all, once a quarter, and then once a month, and then every gathering, which blew our minds. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we're having communion that often. And then, of course, having it in house churches as well. Now, meeting at Margine's gave us a spot to meet for the first few years, but it was less than ideal. It was very expensive. They actually charged us the rate for each gathering of what someone would pay for a wedding reception there. But we had no other option, no other place to meet that we could find. The door would be unlocked by the owner on Sunday morning just one hour before the gathering started, which caused immense amount of stress for the setup team. And sometimes he slept in and forgot to come in and unlock the door, which made for an even more stressful morning. We had no place to store things at Margine's, so we needed to rent a storage unit in Hatfield. Some of you may were a part, maybe were a part of that team that got up before God got up Sunday morning to go to Hatfield to load up the cars, to bring it over, set up, have a gathering, load it back up, go back to Hatfield. 
It was rather exhausting, even at every other week. Needless to say, we were becoming exhausted, and things were getting complicated with setup and teardown. But through a quote-unquote chance meeting with Bob Kramer, the director of the Boys and Girls Club, I stood in line at the post office, and I turned around and realized, I think that's Bob. And I said, hey, Bob, you know, I'm the pastor of Renew that, you know, our, our transition team, our, our uh, launch team, our core team used to meet uh, in, your, in your tutoring room. And he goes, where are you guys meeting now? I said, we're meeting at Margine's. He said, how's it going? I said, not real great. We are actively looking for a place to go. And I was so stunned by his response. Come on back. What? What about Dwayne? What about the key? What about the list of names? We can't fit in the tutoring? Ah, don't worry about it. It'll work out. It'll be fine. Just come. We trust you. We'd love to have you back. God's perfect timing at work again. In fact, the, the lanyard, some of you have used this key many times. Dwayne doesn't just have to use it. You'll notice here on the, the, the purple lanyard here says Mountain View. I don't know if any of you have ever held the key and wondered what in the world is Mountain View. Mountain View is Mountain View Elementary School in Colorado Springs, Colorado, where Megan actually did her internship and her Master's of School Counseling years ago, and it was the only lanyard we could find in our house to just put the Renew key on to make sure we didn't lose it. Other than the pandemic, where we were online and at Christopher Dock, the vast majority of our gatherings have been held right here in this room. Shortly uh, after, uh, after launching Renew, Tracy Commons felt God's call in his life to leave his secure job, to raise support, and to join the pastoral staff of Renew, overseeing house churches and pastoral care. And in those first few years, we had our first baptism service at a creek in Telford. And as you know, we had, and we still only have, one rule in our baptism services. And if you know it, say it with me. No polite golf claps allowed. We began the tradition of bringing bells and air horns and vuvuzelas and whistles and drums. There you go. We're, st we're, still, we're still shaking them. There you go, Denise. As well as the shofar that Tim started bringing to blow to celebrate God's goodness in these public declarations of dependence upon Jesus. And we made a commitment as a church from the beginning that we would be pipes and not buckets. And that also meant our budget, too. From the beginning, we drove a stake in the ground to give a strong percentage of our budget to our local and global partners, what we called our global partners. We had a strong emphasis on serving the community and making sure people knew that our church was for Lansdale and that people knew that God was for people. We had people serving weekly at Manna in various capacities for several years. Renew was even given a, a plaque, I think it was 2010 or 2011, from MANA, where we were awarded the Community Service of the Year Award. In those early days, Renew also started the Lansdale Farmer's Market in partnership with MANA to be a blessing to the community. When we asked the mayor and other leaders around the community, what do you need, how can we serve? They said, we've tried to start a farmer's market for years and we have been unable to do so. Will you help us? Once it was up and running, we officially turned it over to the borough. It first started at the Kugelball uh, Plaza there, Railroad Plaza, which quickly outgrew itself. 
and has been in a few different locations. Now it's its own 501c3 nonprofit status. It has a board and it continues to go strong after all these years. Many new businesses were enhanced and even started from that initial exposure uh, they received at the Lansdale Farmer's Market. In fact, there was a guy named Matt who lived in Lansdale. He and his wife actually visited Renew a few times. He worked as a consultant during the week and he roasted coffee in the back of his house on the weekends. He set up a table at the Lansdale Farmer's Market and things began to take off, word began to get out. And because of the market, word spread and business eventually grew large enough that he quit his consulting job and opened something called Backyard Beans. We also wanted to develop our global partners. It was then that the Culps introduced us to the work of the independent church in India and the work of Pastor Brito and Lowell and Kathy Smith. And we're so grateful that that partnership still continues to this day with Pastor Brito and the Smiths. God's perfect timing at work. We started an initiative called the Renew Apprenticeship Program, or simply called RAP. We longed to see us grow beyond ourselves, to equip and train other young leaders to become world changers, and quite possibly to be sent out to plant a church from Renew. And since the beginning, we shared that longing that we wanted to be known more for our sending than for our seeding. A year-long program where people raised their own support and also got side jobs while they engaged in four L's, learning, leading, listening, and living. And our RAP apprentices were, first, Jason Sheffield from Colorado. He and his wife, Becca, moved out. And the three guys you've probably never heard of, Doug Moister, Johnny Radcliffe, and Ben Pitson. God's perfect timing at work. In 2011, we developed the first cohort of the men's discipleship group that met in our living room. The ripples of that first cohort continue into several cohorts over the past 13 years. And around that time, gospel, the gospel choir was started uh, because of Lisa Gribben and her involvement. About five years into Renew, I started an organization called Kairos Partnerships. And while things were forming and taking shape here at Renew, there were other churches and leaders in the region and around the country that were longing for input, equipping, and encouragement. They were seeing what we were doing and were finding ways and wanting to connect and learn about who we were, what we were doing, and this unique structure of house churches and gatherings, house churches and gatherings. And with the help of Renew Apprentice Jason Sheffield over coffee one day, we realized Kairos moments are important and that leaders do best when they steward Kairos moments well. And so we stumbled upon the name Kairos Partnerships to partner with leaders during Kairos moments. What I learned at Renew, I simply shared with these other leaders around the country. And what I learned from these leaders around the country, I brought back and shared with Renew. During that time, in February 2013, right up here, the Renew Elders held an ordination service for me at the Boys and Girls Club, a day I will never forget and remains one of the most honoring days of my life. Shortly thereafter, Doug came on staff with Renew full-time, and I dropped back to halftime. As Doug was finishing up his year-long apprenticeship program, we realized that Doug was a shepherd. He still is, and he's a pastor with a capital P. But with his wonderful God-given gifts, we weren't comfortable enough in believing that it aligned naturally for us to send him out to plant a church. So we had two options. We said, can we find another entrepreneur, apostle kind of personality to partner with Doug to co-plant a church, 
or to help Doug find a church that already exists like Renew. Doug agreed with this assessment. During this time of discussion, Megan and I realized that Kairos was beginning to grow and there were more and more opportunities. We also noticed how more churches were wanting to learn. Um, and we also learned that the church was beginning to trust Doug uh, very quickly about, and Doug was flourishing. Additionally, nobody wanted to see the Moister family leave. At one elder meeting, which we met upstairs at Hennings. You guys been at Hennings, that upstairs seating area. We had our elder meeting up there one evening, and I presented to the elders what, they con what I considered to be a bold move, that they release me from being full-time at Renew. Instead, I suggested that they hire Doug full-time, and if there's room in the vision and in the budget to hire me on half-time to help oversee with vision and teaching and really just try to build into and, and let Doug flourish. I was nervous about the elders' reactions and trying my best and lighting my hair on fire to try to persuade them that I really believed that this was right. And during the whole time, Tim Culp had the goofiest of grin on, grins on his face during that time. So I said, all right, I'm done talking. I want to hear from you all. What do you think? But Tim, I want you to go first because you've got a goofy grin on your face. And Tim said, I had a dream about this. And I promised the Lord I wouldn't say anything until you brought it up first. The others around the room, I distinctly remember Dwayne was next, and Dwayne said, I don't have a dream, but this sounds really good. And everyone else said, we agree. We agree. I remember the day that I shared this with Doug. We were sitting upstairs at the Biblical Seminary Library. And I remember saying the elders would like you to come on full time. And Doug cried like a baby. And he quickly said that he and Mary were asking the Lord if there was any possible way they could stay at Renew. God's perfect timing at work. Doug and I served as co-pastors for five years. Doug served full-time, and I served in that half-time role. And the elders noticed that Doug grew a great deal in confidence and faith and his abilities and skills. And because of that, Doug and I officially became co-pastors and just started describing ourselves as co-pastors in that realm, working side by side. And those of you who know both of us, you know we're very different. But it, even though we think, see things and approach things very differently, it created a much more robust and well-rounded way of doing ministry together. We loved those times together. And in 2017, I approached the elders with news that I had been given the opportunity to pursue a, a doctoral degree. And while trying to navigate how I would serve Renew faithfully, run Kairos Partnerships, and try to get through a doctoral program, Megan and I knew that something had to give. I couldn't do it all. And Megan and I discerned that it was time for me to lay the mantle down at Renew. And so we approached the elders, and with smiles on, a smile on my face and tears in my eyes, I said, it is time for me to officially roll off staff. And if I remember it right, there were plenty of smiles on faces and tears in their eyes as well. God's perfect timing at work. Shortly thereafter, uh, there was a couple that had uh, moved from Chicago to be with us, uh, they originally were interning, I believe, at Plains Mennonite with Pastor Mike Durstein. And uh, they also had been exploring Renew. And uh, they, they asked Mike 
he asked Mike, where do you think I should invest my time? And he said, if you want to invest in a church in the past and the present, stay here at Plains. But if you want to invest in a church of what the future of the church will look like, you need to go to Renew. And they started coming to Renew, and were, uh, he was a part of the apprenticeship program, and that was Ben Pitson. God's perfect timing at work. Well, before I, I uh, stop uh, here in just a moment, many of you know and remember that Eugene Peterson had a huge impact and influence on my life in ministry. No one has marked me more, and many of you have heard quotes of Eugene during our times together as launch team and also in sermons. There's a quote that I used probably monthly um, during our core team time together, and it's this one. The biblical fact is there are no successful churches. There are instead communities of sinners gathered before God week after week in towns and villages all over the world. The Holy Spirit gathers them and does his work in them. And in these communities of sinners, one of the sinners is called pastor and is given the designated responsibility in the community. And the pastor's responsibility is to keep the community attentive to God. Well, Eugene Peterson has passed away, but in that first formative year of meeting together, I thought about how Paul asked, or Paul wrote letters to different new fledgling congregations that were starting around Asia that we have in our Bibles. So I asked Eugene, Eugene, in the same Pauline spirit, would you write a letter to our launch team? Which he did. I just want to end my time by reading that letter from Eugene Peterson. He's not around, but the spirit of that still remains after 15 years. Ironically, he wrote me this letter on August 18th, 2018. So we were like three weeks into officially meeting. By the way, August 18th is Megan's birthday, and it is also the day when I was six years old that I became a follower of Jesus. He said, Dear J.R., Megan, and the gathering congregation of Renew, it looks like you all have landed on your feet, starting a new church with people whose names you know and whose stories you are getting to know. I have a strong conviction that one of the primary responsibilities of the pastor is to use language that is appropriate to living the gospel relationally on the ground, locally, in place with the people you are living and working with. The most conspicuous way in which the gospel is communicated is by preaching and teaching. They are essential. But pastor and congregation train one another in using a much more relational and personal, informal and unstudied language as we work with people primarily not just to proclaim or teach them about God, but also to get it in their everyday, around the house, around the workplace lives. I call this language paraclectic from the word paraclete, meaning Holy Spirit. It gets its content from preaching and teaching, but it gets its tone and syntax from this local and relational setting and encounter. This is the language of conversation, not telling people the truth of God and not just explaining the things of God, but letting those languages be translated into the vernacular of our ordinary lives when we are not preaching and not teaching, which is the way we use language most of the time, most naturally anyway. The only way you can do this is with people whose names you know and whose stories you know. And this is the great opportunity of a newly developing church. You can preach from the pulpit and teach from the lectern, 
But when you walk out into the church parking lot or stand in the checkout line at Walmart, you are using the language of the Word made flesh in the places where people spend most of their time, where you spend most of your time. And now you are forming a congregation where the conversational gospel language is possible, and I am so glad for you. Your plans for a slow development sound realistic, unhurried, time to listen and reflect, and to unlearn the destructive patterns of consumer-driven church. The peace of our Lord, Eugene. I hope that you all have just either been reminded or learned some new things, because our past informs our present and also our future. This is not a morning of giving pats on backs to Renew or anyone else in this room. It's to say, yay God, in your amazing, perfect timing, you've done it again. And may that give us faith moving forward to the next 15 and beyond, that we would have that kind of faith to say, God, your perfect timing was at work again. Amen and amen. Hey, Renew. Happy 15th. Happy We're coming 15th. in live from Greensburg, Indiana on our farm. This is the Fab Freed Five. Mm -hmm. Ange. Mercy. Justice. Dwayne. Paxton. One of my favorite memories of marrying into Renew 13 years ago was the flash mob our house church surprised us with at our reception. And I always loved the women's retreats and the discipleship group and our sisterhood times together. But my most favorite part of Renew is that you're not known for your seating capacity, but your sending capacity. And even the way you sent us off moving from Pennsylvania to Indiana two years ago is still such a blessing. And many missionaries cleverly disguised. For us, it's chicken farmers. Yeah. What about you, Marcy? So one of my favorite memories that I just love remembering is when, um, when Steve High, Steve High asked me, asked like everybody if they had a song request, and I raised my hand and I said, "I like to move it, move it." <laughs> Good one, Mercy. I like to move it more. <laughs> <laughs> now we all have all right. that stuck in our head. Justice, how yep. about you? One of my favorite things about Renew is that how the church was where the people were, not where the place was. And I just thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. And with my baptism there, going underwater, going across the sea. It's really amazing. Thank you, Renew. Happy 15th anniversary. Eddie? Paxton, we'll let you go next. What are you thankful for? I'm thankful that we got to go to a lot of different places in Renew. And one of my memories was at the park when we released the opossum cup. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, man, there's like a thousand different memories I could share that have been just meaningful and beautiful stories. Um, but the one that came, that came to mind for me was an elder meeting um, and it was when we were bringing uh, Ben Pitson on as the next um, additional pastor of Renew. And at the time, it felt like a big decision and a big risk uh, with where we were at financially. Um, not with Ben. Ben's awesome. But 
the financial part of it. And uh, so we gathered together as an elder team. We prayed about it and we were in this like circle holding hands and we kind of got this image of like jumping off a cliff together in a good way, like an exhilarating way, but also like in a, it's a risky way kind of, you know? And so we kind of like cheered and, and jumped and just pretended we were jumping off together, um, you know, in, in, in all the joy of the spirit of the Lord um, and in trusting him. And so anyway, as, as I think about Renew, I just think about faithfulness being a really key word. Um, God's faithfulness to Renew, God's faithfulness to us, and also um, Renew's faithfulness to each other and to him um, has been just amazing and beautiful. And so keep doing it, keep loving God, mm -hmm. serving each other and being faithful to the call. We love you and we bless you. And we'll end with a throwback to the Zoom days of 2020 COVID pandemic, where we did Easter service online and we read a poem that ended with, That's our game! I like to move it, move it. I like to move it. I like to move it, move it too. Uh, yeah, what an honor uh, it is to celebrate with you all, to see uh, old familiar faces, faces that were even here before me, um, and certainly the new folks. And it's been a, a, a lot of reflection over the last couple weeks. But the story of Renew over 15 years, we find ourselves as an expression and in the midst of a much bigger story. It's the story of faith that's been passed down, the gospel being proclaimed through generations. It's God's story. And so it's so good to take a moment, as the scriptures remind us, to remember, to remember the work of God in our lives individually and collectively and the much bigger, bigger story that we are a part of. Through faith, failures and forgiveness, through doubts and dreams, discouragement and disappointments, dancing, donuts for adoption, child dedication and discipleship groups, through risks, experiments, stumbles and stalls, Shofars and cowbells, confetti and cannons and cartwheels. Heartaches, heartbreaks, missteps and mistakes, cries of grief and cries of joy. Hitting our knees in desperate prayers, raising our hands in triumphant praise, hugs and hallelujahs, fasting and feasting, waiting and celebrating, giving and receiving grace. Squatty chairs, bar stools, theater seats, brown chairs, white chairs, couches, and coffee tables. Living rooms, kitchens, bars, and banquet halls, backyards, storage closets, coffee shops, theaters, and gymnasiums. In all of this, there are thousands of different stories. Thousands of different stories of God at work in our midst. I want to invite you, uh, actually, not quite, Larry. Thousands of stories of God at work in our midst, and through all of that, through all our faithfulness, and through all of our failures, this one thing remains true, that God is faithful, and God will be faithful. And so we continue to seek to join him 
in the reconciliation and renewal of all things in the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so I want to invite you, uh, <clears throat> if you've been baptized in renew, would you stand up? If you've been baptized in renew, would you stand up? All right, no polite golf claps here, folks. <clears throat> That's awesome. Stay standing. Stay standing. All right. And if you're still standing and any of the next statements come true, you can raise a hand or stand on your tippy toes or get a little bit higher. Uh, if you've gone through men's discipleship group or women's discipleship group, would you stand? If you've ever sat on the Culp's coffee table, would you stand or raise a hand? If you've ever participated in the daily Zoom prayer calls, would you stand or raise your hand? If you've been to community dinner or capture the flag club, would you stand or raise a hand? If you've ever served on the setup crew or with Renew Families, would you stand? If you've ever ran in or volunteered with the Soul Harvest 5K, would you stand? If you've cried with someone in Renew, if you've been prayed for or prayed with someone, if you've ever been hugged by or shook hands with anyone from Renew, would you stand? If you've ever put money in the joy box or our Advent giving, if you've ever filled or decorated a box of love. These are just a few of those stories. And as you look around the room, you see new faces, old faces, faces you may not recognize, but each one of these is a life who has been touched by God in some way. And so we're actually, we're going to throw back and we're going to have a time of intermission and we've got a video, a slideshow of lots and lots of pictures, and you can certainly check those out. But what I would love for you to do during this intermission, what we'd love for you to do is with somebody in this room, would you share a story of how God has worked in your life through Renew or through someone at Renew? So at this time, we're going to take an intermission. We'll see you back here in about 10, 15 minutes. Feel free to move about, stretch your legs a bit. And we're going to come back here and continue to worship the Lord. Um, it's been super cool to just see what the Lord is doing in this room and even just walking around. And uh, has anyone had tears present in their, in their eyes? Just raise your hand if that's okay. A few of us have. I know I have. Um, yay, God. So... Uh, we're going to switch back over to, this is a 47-minute slideshow, um, just so you're aware. So thank you for all who have sent pictures, especially Bob Simrack uh, and a few others, but just beautiful to look at um, the way God has been present. Okay, so what we're going to do is um, we're going to show another video. A lot of you have been 
uh, part of Renew, whether you've been part of Renew from the past or present or somewhere, maybe if you are in the future, never mind. Um, but we have, Advent giving has always been a really important thing for us, and a few years ago, Renew gave enough money to, to start the Renew Freedom Shelter, um, and what's been really cool is that there are all these young girls who have been saved out of trafficking, and it has just been such a gift to partner with that. Anyways, we're going to show a video, um, and if you're part of Renew, we're just finishing up Advent giving. If you're not part of Renew, that's okay anymore, but if you want to give to it, fantastic. We're going to send around this red box, uh, and then we're going to send around the two other boxes, but just watch the video for a moment. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much for your help for Freedom Project. Thank you very much. So here's the details on what's going on. Um, the Re Renew Freedom Center is, there's a new one being built. Uh, the one that was first built that came from our church uh, was not big enough to host the amount of need. And so it has been, somebody donated building, they're building it, it's done, and in order to rescue girls from human trafficking uh, and temple prostitution and give them a safe place where they can grow and learn and be loved and cared for in the name of Jesus and find hope, we are looking to support uh, monthly expense, and by God's grace, we have one month covered, and we're looking to see if we can get to two months, um, and if that happens, great, but we're going to go ahead and send around uh, this Advent giving box, um, and some of this is just for folks renew. If if that's you as well, there's a way to give um, online. I don't think we have our other stuff up there. And then we're just going to send our boxes around too um, because that's what we do because worship is so connected to how we give and who we are. And with that, I want you to stand up, greet the person next to you, say hello, and tell them that we are going to be worshiping Jesus so get ready. The sun comes up. The 
Your kingdom first, we hunger and 
released the hurt, the sick, the poor, and peace. We lay down our lives for heaven's cause. We are your church. We pray revive this. Build your kingdom here. Let the darkness fear. Show your Oh 
my heart. God, we thank you and we praise you that you have brought us together. You have shown us your faithfulness in so many ways. And we give our attention and our praise to you this morning, and we say thank you. You're worthy of it all. Amen. Amen. You can take a seat. What is certainly appropriate for us as we celebrate a reunion of sorts, to do so by coming to the table the table of communion, where we remember and celebrate that through Christ we have been reunited with God, and we celebrate it with the communion of saints, the communion of the bigger church. So we're so glad that you're here worshiping with us. We want to share in this communion together because this table is central because Jesus is central. All the stories that have been shared this morning, all the stories that have rolled through your mind as you've seen familiar faces are stories made possible because of what Jesus has done. As I was reading the stories of Jesus sharing this meal in the Gospels in preparation for communion this morning, I noticed in Luke's Gospel, he records Jesus saying, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood poured out for you. In Mark and Matthew, Jesus says, This is my blood poured out for many. For you, for many. I'd like you just to turn to your neighbor to remind them that Jesus gave his life for you. And let the intimacy of God's love for you sink in as you share that. Turn to your neighbor. God gave his son. Jesus gave his life for you. I invite you just to take a moment and look around this room. Who's here? Who's not here? As you think about Jesus' blood and body given for many.
forgiven for many. This is the story that we find ourselves in. It's an invitation to see our worth, that we are one for whom Jesus died. And an invitation to see the worth of the person standing before us, one for whom Jesus also died. And he is our shelter in the midst of a snow squall. This roof leaked once before. I think it'll, I think it'll hold out through snow. <laughs> so appropriate for a renewed communion. Ah, uh, awesome. <clears throat> I want to read this beautiful hymn from the early church found in Colossians 1. We have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in knowing God, strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints of light. For God rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly blood through death in order to present you before God, holy and blameless and beyond reproach, if indeed you continue in the faith, firmly established and steadfast, and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard. Brothers and sisters, come, eat and drink of God's deep love for you. Invite our servers to come. It's a deep joy and privilege for us to have served as pastors of this community to serve you communion this morning. God, as we receive 
this communion. As we remember what Jesus has given for us, would you pour out your Holy Spirit to shed your love abroad in our hearts again this morning. Amen. All right, well, um, we're going to have you guys stand and receive the benediction. Um, and just ignore if your phones make a lot of noise, uh, it's okay. But we'll start here. I'm still finishing my communion. Brothers and sisters of the Big C Church, may the Lord bless you and may He keep you. May God make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and give you peace. And brothers and sisters of the Renew community, would you go knowing that God's perfect timing has been at work and we can trust his perfect timing to continue long into the future. God bless and bless God. Amen. Amen. <laughs>